Games and Groceries presents the Tell Me Why Roundtable Discussion with special guest Chris Thompson. Let's continue with Chapter 2. Welcome back to another episode of the Tell Me Why Roundtable Discussion with uh, Chapter 2 coming up. We're going to be continuing our story, and we got a brand new guest with us today. We do. Uh, you know, a huge brand manager, legends of all the brand managers, <laughs> host of his own show, um, Pop Culture Hounds, it's Chris Thompson. Woo! Hey, Chris. Hey. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Oh, for sure, man. Like, uh, yeah, I want to bring you on just because not only are you a brand manager legend, I mean, you, you've you done brand management for Orbital Comics, Titan Comics, and now you're at Hero Collector, you know, going behind stories like Doctor Who uh, and Star Trek. You know, I, I you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of background in storytelling as well as brand management uh, mm -hmm. in terms of like how the brand works. Uh, so I definitely want to bring you on to hear your perspectives of this story that we're going to be unfolding yeah yeah but yeah yeah and i guess with the titan comics connection we were doing the life is strange comic mm -hmm. you know they're still doing it now yeah in fact the editor who was who launched that with titan moved on and he's the brand manager for life is strange now oh, oh wow. wow okay so there you go yeah that's awesome dang there it is but <laughs> chris something new every day <laughs> but chris we thank you for taking the time to even just playing this episode mm -hmm. uh, because there's a lot to, I feel like there's a lot to unpack, but uh, first, before we get started, just wanted to let you know, one, this is not a review of the game. We're not going to be going to little nitpicks of how the gameplay is or anything like that. This isn't really a game review. Uh, second, we're more going to be talking about the story of the game and unfolding mm -hmm. it and how it, it comes to term in real life. And third, this is all of our personal perspectives. I want to bring Chris on uh, just to share uh, his views, uh, mm -hmm. him being from, you know, England and English people have different perspectives than us Americans, us dirty, slobby Americans. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I want to roundtable out our own yeah. personal perspectives. So yeah. with that out of the way, let's get right into it. So very first thing that I noticed about this game was that... Well, this episode. Uh, about this episode, about this chapter, <laughs> is that it's it didn't steal. I don't want to say that, but definitely don't nod. said, huh, Wolf Brothers. And they, that different timeline. Yes. And they started with the Goblin Twins. And... That's the very first thing it I noticed. It was shorter, though. Much shorter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is our take on that? Do we do we enjoy this kind of perspective of the Goblin Twins and the whole fantasy perspective? Um, what What is everybody's take on that? Do we like it? I mean, I, I do. It, it's really funny. Like, I'll admit, I did, you know, sort of scribble some little notes for myself just as a reminder of, like, you know, mm -hmm. a mental, okay, as I'm going through, what do I notice? And the first thing I've written down here as well is the the don't nod habit of uh, doing callbacks to previous games, which mm -hmm. is so obvious at the mm -hmm. beginning of episode two. Yeah. So you've got the Wolf Brothers, but then also what did Chloe and Max call themselves as pirates? I feel like they had a name that wasn't just oh. we're pirates. Oh, it was oh. Bluebeard and oh, Bluebeard. Uh, no, I, I can't don't remember, remember Max's one. name. Yeah. Can't remember. <laughs> But it was very much that callback. Yeah. It's like we're yeah. doing this 
thing. Uh, and even down to having this sort of alternating between where they're older and they're younger and you're seeing the kids mm-hmm. view again, there was those callbacks to when you had Max and Chloe sort of, you know, having the, the reminiscing about uh, when Chloe, I think it was Chloe's dad was still alive, things yeah. like that. Uh, and so there was a lot of that. And I think in some ways it's a little bit overdone and they just keep doing it and doing mm-hmm. it and hammering mm-hmm. on the same theme. But I feel like they've kind of nailed it with this one as well. So I'm mm. I'm sort of happy yeah. with that yeah. in that I was looking at the book of, of Goblins and I guess we'll talk about that more throughout the show because mm-hmm. I feel it features more in this one. But I think in terms of a book that goes with the game, it's more effective than the sketchbooks and different books that they've yes. had in the past. It's actually mm-hmm. more uh, integral and, and just th- there's a better link to the game as opposed to hey, this is just, you know, about getting collectibles basically and unlocking achievements. Yeah. With Book of Goblins, it's actually narrative-driven. Mm. Yeah. I do agree with that. Um, yeah. Liz, your take. Um, I didn't mind the Goblin, like, the as the, um like, what happened in the last episode. Yeah. As much as the one, as much as um, Life is Strange Season 2. With Wolf Brothers, yeah. Yeah. Because it one, forced. it was shorter. Yeah. And it did go with the story because yes. their whole thing was that they they're, they were storytellers. Their mm-hmm. mom helped them write these stories. So it kind of matched, whereas with Life is Strange Season 2, it didn't. It was just like a bedtime story for a kid that's probably a little too old for bed- bedtime stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um so I, I like I didn't mind it. I liked it. I know you hated it. <laughs> no, actually, this one, I, I agree with Chris a lot here mm-hmm. where I feel like it's weaves itself into yeah. the narrative a lot better yeah. than the sketchbooks. With the Wolf Brothers, I feel like it was very forced. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, I feel like Daniel was a little too old for bedtime stories and the Wolf Brothers. I don't know. I just didn't feel like it just meshed well mm-hmm. where they could have been just easily like previously on Life is Strange 2. Yeah. But this one, yeah. as I was watching it, very first start, I was like, oh, Life is Strange 2. But as it was going, it made more sense. Yeah. Because yeah. as we discussed in the last episode, you know, Andrew pointed out that each of the characters represents, you know, each Someone of the animals. in their real world. Yeah. And uh, Andrew is right on the money with that. And we'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. Um, mm. but yeah, no, I think it weaved itself in the narrative really well. Yeah. And I, and I enjoyed how this is more of a storybook story mm-hmm. than any other don't, don't not game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So going forward, uh, I do want to get into how, you know, Andrew kind of nailed it right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so the story continues, right. And we mm-hmm. get to see how normal the night was before, Everything mm-hmm. happened, right? Uh, we're we're starting to see that. Uh, oh, they were having ice cream before, and yeah. you know, I don't know if all of us are mint chocolate chip fans. You know, I know I am. You are yeah. mint chocolate chip, yeah. I, it's fine. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't come across it as much over here. Oh, really? I, mm. I, I feel like it's an American thing, but then so. you know, I I know this is like all right. This is an American game. They're having American ice cream. This is good. All right. <laughs> you know. Um. But yeah, I I do enjoy how yeah. the narrative kind of shows that it doesn't happen. It wasn't as... a stressful day. Like what happened was random. Like yeah. she was not in a bad mood before it all happened. Well, I think she was, and we're going to get into that. Yeah. That's going to get into spoilers because she was 
in a bad mood. And all the kids didn't notice it, but all the stresses of the mm-hmm. mother were kind of building up. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to explode yeah. there. Um, but yeah, uh, any thoughts on that before I move forward into the whole animal thing? No. That that sounds no, weird. Yeah, that, that was a weird way of phrasing <laughs> Before it, I move forward ahead. to the animal things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I liked how it showed how normal the night was. Yeah. And then it built up into yeah. that. Now let's talk about those animals. Um, again, why don't we make a summary? Why are you saying this this way? Let's um, talk about the comparison between the animals in the story and the humans in the yeah. real world. Yeah, the animal things, right? <laughs> um, Andrew's research was dead on the money. Yes. Um, full credit goes to him, and not not the creators of oh, this no, game. Not at no. all. Um, but yeah, no. Each animal represented a person mm-hmm. in that uh, life. Now, I do enjoy how we had that kind of matchup because uh, we talked about that. Uh, Chris, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the Book of Goblins and how that ties into the narrative. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? So I I just finished seeing, you know, you guys speaking from last week with Andrew, Mm -hmm. which I'm very pleased to break his run of four times on the show and at least stop him having his fifth just now. So (laughs) (laughs) sorry, Andrew. But, uh, yeah, I think he was mostly on the money. But once you play episode two or or chapter two, I think you can see maybe he was just slightly off. And part of that comes down to uh, I I was doing a little bit of extra research looking at the – God, it's so hard to say. The Clinkett? The the Clinkett? Oh, Clinkett, yeah. Yeah, not the Klingons, the Clinkets. The Clinkett, yeah. Yeah, after you say it a few times, it gets – easier but i have a mm-hmm. feeling where they're just saying it wrong yeah but they, i looked into the clinket culture and they have sort of a very animist philosophy and mm-hmm. that's the, the uh, religious sort of background which mm-hmm. is sort of faded away but if you think of that and taking the idea of an animist you know culture then it makes sense that they're being you know portrayed in this story as different animals so animals represent things Mm-hmm. However, the, the interesting part was that they will prescribe these attributes not just to people but also to objects and to things. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think that not all those characters represent people, mm. but I think they represent actual things. So, uh, you know, I'm still struggling with thinking about it, but the frog in particular, the giant frog, confuses me. Yeah. But I actually wonder if it's that boat that you see at the beginning because – the frog mm. is what carries uh, the princess to where she's oh, going yeah. and is what helps her get away. So I feel yeah. maybe the frog is the boat and perhaps that's why you saw it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the course of this, you obviously find out and quite definitely identify a few people as mm. representing them. But I think, you know, you've got the, was it the sea hag or the sea witch? Oh, sea hag. Um, or, yes, sea hag? What is or a lake hag. Lake hag? Sea hag. The lake witch? I, yeah. <laughs> I can't like, remember now. Some yeah. combination of these, yeah. these <laughs> yeah. words. So mm. with her, I, I know you guys were sort of saying that maybe, you know, she's a supernatural element, as is the Mad Hunter. Mm. But I, I feel like after this chapter, I think mm-hmm. I know who the Mad Hunter is. Mm-hmm. I don't think I know who the, the sea hag or sea witch is, but I'm starting to think that possibly she's not a person but she's more a either a concept or a place or, or something else mm-hmm. that's going to be you know played yeah. out 
Yeah, and I like how it's a lot more metaphorical to the point where I, I'm glad you brought that up about the frog because I was trying to place that too. Same. Like what? And mm. But now that you said it's the boat. Yeah. I do agree with that. Which um also knowing that it's the Clinket culture that does that, like putting like animal traits to things and people, mm-hmm. it, mm. it makes me think, was she possibly running away from her tribe? Like, is she Clinket? Uh, and yes. that's part of like her dark history that she ran away from that life and her, her religion and mm-hmm. and it makes sense on yeah. your theory because when we were playing mm-hmm. you were saying i wonder if uncle eddie is actually their uncle because he's clinket yeah so that's also a possibility yeah because i was mm-hmm. saying that like i was thinking that by the way full spoiler ahead that's the in one case thing y'all haven't noticed if yet. you haven't <laughs> you've gotten what 12 <laughs> minutes in um yeah so it's <laughs> yeah it's like what um anyways but yeah, I was starting to think that like Eddie, uh, yeah. of, officer, officer Eddie, uh, is actually is their actual uncle, mm-hmm. and I'll get into that in a little bit once we get to the cemetery mm. scene. Um, but that makes a I, lot of sense. Other, yeah. One other thing, just to point out, while we're yeah. talking about the Clinket culture, yeah. The other thing that's sort of key about them is their now. Let me see if I can get this right. Matrilineal meaning that mm-hmm. basically all the, the family traits and history and, uh, and the through. flow through is, ah. is through the mother. Yes. And, and I feel that that's so obviously happening in this game, which is what led me to the same conclusion as you, that she is quite possibly, you know, clinket. And mm-hmm. if you look at the kids then, it is possible that they are, you know, sort of mixed race as such and, and yeah. that they have that heritage. Mm-hmm. And certainly everything about the way their mother raised them fits with that sort of portrayal once you look into the culture mm-hmm. yeah it does make a lot of sense especially um now we're in uh central pennsylvania with a, a lot of amish communities yeah. and what amish people do is uh oh rin run rumspringer rumspringer it's something that i need to remember but when they <laughs> uh leave the culture once they're out of age and they go into the english um states right and they get out of the communities and they can choose whether or not they're going to come back to the amish community or stay in there and i found this out from somebody i believe it's a really high ratio i want to say 80 percent go back to the amish communities Mm -hmm. and reason being is because that's their culture that's their family that's it's what they know and so that makes a lot of sense on on your end. Uh, if she a- is actually Clinket, of course she's going to bring that mentality because it's what she knows. It's, yeah, it's what she grew. Mm. Even though she left her family, yes. Yeah, so that's all she knows to do. So even people yeah. who are ex Amish out here in mm-hmm. Central Pennsylvania, they still have that hard work ethic. They still have that hard yeah. religious they mindset. Even still raise their kids going to church. Yes, just not the Amish church. Yeah, so it makes a lot of sense that she might have been. Uh, taken out of it but she still has the yeah. mentality so that that could lead into something very interesting in terms of leaving your own culture mm-hmm. and we talked about that in the last episode with mm-hmm. the last chapter how i like how this is diving into so many different issues mm-hmm. including alaskan culture yeah and this could be a heavy educational thing not only into the transgender community but also a state that i know basically nothing about except i've been to juno before like yeah. that, that yeah. that's basically it um i have stepped foot on alaskan soil and that's about it <laughs> but uh 
yeah, the, any, anything else before we move on about this um, uh, clanky culture, maybe totem poles? Um, I do want to say, as if we're talking about like her culture and her family and the like personality traits of people in the story, I think the Mad Hunter at this point we can say is either someone from her family, like her, one of her parents or sibling, yeah, or it's the um, twins' father. father. It's got to be one or the other. Because they didn't really say at the end. They didn't. The twins think it's their father, but yes. they're not sure because it also sounded like it could have been a family member because they were fighting about giving her money. Yeah, which it could be family. It yeah, could also, and it sounds like it could be someone from the Clinket. Because they came over on a boat too, like they're not on the yeah. mainland that they're on. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just all I wanted to say. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the other interesting thing, I'm sure. Well, I don't know if you guys touched on it, Go for but it. Um, when I was reading about the Clinket culture as well, they were sort of going, "Here's a list of famous people from hmm. from Clinket origin," and I was like, "Oh, okay, this will be interesting." see if there's anyone whose names I recognize. And there was a, a current actor called mm. uh, Martin Sensmeyer, who is of Clinkett origin, who is, uh, you know, an actor in Hollywood at the moment. Mm. So, of course, I went to IMDb, had a look, uh, and he is Eddie in the game. Wow. So oh, my goodness gracious. They're, they're very, being very authentic. You know, they That's have awesome. a, uh, a a trans man playing the role mm. of Tyler. They have uh, a, a Clinkett playing the role of the, the Clinkett uh, sheriff here so they, they've really done their work and, and mm-hmm. being very authentic rather than sort wow. of casting very typically or going for let's get a name here to do this they're, they're going let's be authentic wow don't nod it's if nice. you're listening my Good goodness job you like don't nod really does go mm-hmm. like the extra mile for authenticity i i absolutely adore it i don't understand why people don't play these games yeah i just don't get it i i don't understand but I here thought we everyone are. did yeah i thought everybody yeah like here's the thing about especially life is strange um the very first time i played it i told all my friends about it like have you played life is strange no play you need to go play it i haven't met a single person that's played life is strange and did not like it yeah but you know that's a that's a topic for another day but (laughs) um next uh, subject so i want to talk about sam for a little bit and his character the the bear right the bear uh first and very foremost the first first and and foremost thank you it was a long day at work i know um I don't know if you had this same result, but did you gain Sam's respect in chapter one? Yes. Yeah. So then yes. you had the whole uh, Sam gives you a knife and he says, you know, every man needs to have a knife. Mm-hmm. He gives it to Tyler. Absolutely loved that scene. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. loved it. It wasn't, I don't think he actually said, I'm sorry for what I did. It was more of his version of an apology. I might be wrong. I don't know if he actually said, I'm sorry, but here's a knife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it was yeah. like a you know like a peace offering apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Testosterone apology. Yes. yes. I love it. Um like it was his way of showing Tyler that he accepts who he is, like, and that's that. Which speaking of Sam, I don't know if you're gonna talk about this a little later in Sam topic, but mm-hmm. they did kind of hint that he could possibly be their father. Uh yes, I was gonna talk um, about that. Okay, well I brought it up. I am uh, the mediator here <laughs> on this conversation. <laughs> well, as yeah, per the last it. episode, yeah, you, you kind of got all over the place. Well, like uh, that's the only thing I wanted to bring up yeah. was the whole 
giving of the knife. Yeah. I just like that. That was a yeah, nice scene. Yeah, it was really nice. And mm-hmm. that's what I was going off of was that if he does end up being their father, mm-hmm. like that's an even like more profound thing because that means that not only is this close family friend accepting of who Tyler is, yeah. it's his father accepting who he is. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. um, which also is another reason why I think the Mad Hunter must be someone from Marianne's family because mm-hmm. that would make... Sam, their father, and she wouldn't be fighting with him. Mm, that's true. But yeah. Um, the, so before I move forward, uh, yes. Chris, any any thoughts on that? Well, I, I have thoughts about who the father is that, that are different to yours, um, but okay. I, I don't know whether they sort of fit better maybe later on when we get to talking a, a little bit about the flashbacks they kind of have. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I feel like this could be spoilerific. I could be way off, but I, I'm convinced of who it is. Yeah. And and I'm thinking that will be what, you know, episode three will uh, solve and and finalize. I sure hope so. They better not just like leave the game and be like, we don't know who the dad is. Bye. They're going to, they're going to pull a a ray off of like, your parents are nobody. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Um, So the one thing I do, well, actually then they, the whole, I don't want to talk about the new trilogy, the garbage. Anyways. uh, Anyway. (laughs) Sam yes. sees a shotgun rack, walks away. Let's yeah. theorize. Yeah. Why? I think he gifted her the gun mm-hmm. to protect herself and her children, yeah. possibly his children. And when he sees it empty, he realizes that he gave her the reason she's dead. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. she took the gun, pointed it at her child, and yeah. that resulted in her death. Hmm. So he regrets giving it to her in the first place. Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you agree or do you have a different theory? No, absolutely. Like you just see, yeah, him mm-hmm. look at it, sort of sigh and, and turn away. And it's too yeah. much because he was the one that said, yeah, I built this uh, shed for Marianne. He'd done all this stuff. So obviously that was him that had mounted the gun there. And mm-hmm. it was all about teaching her to protect herself. I think even in the story, that's, you know, the description of the bear, that that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it's... uh it's just sad, but I, yeah. I think he's a little bit of a sad character, mm-hmm. and I, I think, yeah, it would be nice if he were the kid's dad. But it's don't not. It's never going to be that happy or that simple. So yeah. it's actually that that would be the ideal. And then it's like they're, they're going to be so happy together, and he's such you know a, a cuddly teddy bear, big <laughs> bear. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah. there is a great moment where he sort of adds to his apology from the the first part and mm-hmm. he talks about where he uh you know got on the google or whatever and yeah. and looked these things up and and it's great because uh tyler's reaction is that combination of oh thank you and also that uh, you know typical older white man just trying to get it and it, mm-hmm. it's yeah. both that resentment and respect which i totally understand people yeah. have yeah yeah no i I do like this moment uh, mm-hmm. with Sam, not only, you know, becoming more understanding of Tyler, uh, but also just that moment of sadness in, mm-hmm. in him. You know, the one thing I did notice was that in chapter one, he was just plastered, so drunk. He was so drunk that I could smell him through the Xbox. Oh um, but in this one, he's sober, I believe. He does. He hasn't had anything to. At least they don't point out that he's drunk. And they. Uh, and I believe yeah. Allison said that he's always drunk, but this scene he's not. He's sober. 
He wants to have this apology be real. And I believe in that soberness, right? He's starting to, like, he sees what he did, mm -hmm. and that might be leading to even more drinking. He wants yeah. to forget. And in that time of, you know, being sober, he sees that and he just needs to walk off, mm -hmm. you know? Um, or, you know, they didn't have the budget to animate him anymore and they needed Sam oh out. Goodness. It was a bit abrupt the way he <laughs> left. It's like, okay, bye. And just, well, he was overcome with emotion. I know. I just, um, I know you don't understand that. I don't have emotion, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I did note that he was sober this yes. time and, and instead of being yeah. drunk all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's important. I think maybe, mm -hmm. maybe he also realized, you know, there is sort of that emphasis on the fact that he's got their keys and he still has their shed key and things mm -hmm. like that. It's a little bit creepy. It's a little bit he's yeah. hanging on to the past. The walking away is almost the the letting go in a way and respecting yeah. that this is theirs now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah no. definitely. I don't think he's gone, but I, I oh, think no. it was symbolic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Um, we don't see him for the rest of the episode, mm -hmm. but you're right. Like, there's we do no way. talk about him and hear about him. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely no way we don't see him in chapter three like yeah. there's, there's absolutely no way oh yeah um yeah so let's talk about um eddie brown for a minute and we we get to see more memories and we get to see that eddie actually did um he was there that night when he said i haven't seen her in yeah he a was, month he had, weeks yeah he was there that day like earlier in the day so we get to see some of these memories and this important one that eddie was actually there uh, do we have any specific thoughts about this? Uh, because uh, then we go to the uh, police um, department and we get to see more answers. Mm -hmm. But before I we go into that main uh, event, yeah. do we have any thoughts about these memories that we saw at the house with Eddie and agreeing or disagreeing that he uh, fought with Marianne or was being, mm -hmm. trying to be nice? What do we all think? Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Yeah, so uh, that's right. You had the two conflicting memories. There mm -hmm. was one where Marianne was just upset when he was, you know, explaining this. He was quite reasoned with mm -hmm. her and just saying, look, I'm just trying to tell you. And she's like, look, I know I understand, but I can't handle this. You've got to go. And it was mm -hmm. sort of very reasonable, but very sad. And then there's another version where she's essentially screaming at him like, oh, get out, get out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the difference between the twins' memories, I think. I feel like Tyler's memory was the more violent one and yeah. Allison's more sort of reasoned one. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in that regard, um, it was one of the times I picked Allison's. Um, wow. Usually I've, I've found that I've often picked Tyler's version, hmm. but it was one of two times that I've ended up picking Allison's and, and the two were both in the second chapter. So I, I don't know if my perspective on her somewhat changed a little in the second chapter, especially mm -hmm. when, you know, you get more of the flashbacks about what happened on that last evening, uh, yeah. you know, with the mother dying. Yeah. It changed my perspective. So, yeah, this was one of two times that I picked Allison's point. But I feel like, I, I don't know, to me it was the more sad and, and melancholy version than the, you know, crazed Marianne mm -hmm. responding. Yeah, no, I agree that my perspective of Allison, uh, we, we talked in Chapter 1, how we just couldn't stand Allison playing through her, but going yeah. into chapter two, like you get the, a bit of more understanding of Allison yeah. where she's living with a lie that she's 
uh, has all this tension. She wants mm-hmm. to get rid of the past and be with family more. Yeah. And so you start to see that her perspective is a little bit more, especially with Eddie Brown, a little bit more reasonable. Yeah. Now, you chose... I chose Tyler's memory yes. partially to make up for the first episode <laughs> because I chose Allison's because I wasn't paying attention yeah. and it made him unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, So I did choose Tyler's to make up for that. But still looking back, I think I would still make that decision mm-hmm. because okay. it was the day that all this happened. So I feel like it had to have been an overwhelming feeling that yeah. drove her to see things or whatever happens Mm -hmm. but it had to have been some sort of overwhelming feeling yeah so i feel like at least like for me like if you're overwhelmed with like that you're not just saying oh please go it's like get like just go away like i need you gone because Um, this is the day she's you know something happens that something happens you know so she's not in a cool calm collected mentality right now Mm -hmm. so I do agree with that. I think I also, if I was playing, I was just watching Liz play yeah. and then writing down notes. But I think I would have gone for uh, Allison's just because I feel more Eddie is a lot more level headed. And I don't know. I feel like he would have calmed the situation down because he is a police officer. He's a trained. Yeah. He's trained to calm the but situation he's down. also close to the situation. He's also very close to the situation, which I'll get to in a little bit. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it was a, it was definitely a memory that led us to uh, the police station because yes. we need answers. We need and to figure out what happened. Yeah. And we actually find out a lot. Well, yes. one, you know, we're going in and Eddie's kind of in a bad mood because, you know, he's understaffed. It's been a long day and all yeah. that stuff. So I'm just going to fast forward a little bit because now we're in this whole gameplay where, you know, we have to find up, you know, like, how do we get up there without anybody noticing? Oh my goodness, that took forever. Yeah. <laughs> you went with the light switch. Uh, what did you go with, Chris? Oh, th- this was for what distraction you did. Yeah. Distraction. Uh, I just knocked over the folders in the corner. Yeah. I was going to do that. I'm like, no, there's got to be something else. Yeah. Does it so- let me choose to not do it or do something like, or do that? I'm like, all right. So there's other options. I want to see what other options were, but I also had a migraine. So I just went with whatever my second option was. <laughs> did, did you see the option where there was uh, looking out the window as well? And it was like, I could say there's someone trying to break into the police station. What? Oh my goodness. I didn't see yeah. that. And I was just like, no, this is too extreme. They're going to think you're a fantasist and like, this is not going to work. Yeah. And, and that was the first one I saw. So when it's giving that option of, are you sure you want to do this? It's like, oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the, I, I actually liked light switch. It was kind of funny because Tyler just leans, leans against, against it, it and he goes, oops. <laughs> and, yeah. and Eddie's just like, Tyler, come on. And it was only, du- <laughs> here's the thing. It wasn't even that dark in the building, and it was yeah dark, quote unquote, because dark it was daytime for like four seconds. And Allison was already clean up the stairs. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa, that girl is quick. She's got and, and silent. Yeah, you know she has snow boots on. I know the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles got to draft her. You know, like she's got she's well, got she's limber. Bear in mind, you know, we've worked out from the flashbacks that actually she's quite stealthy. Oh, that's oh, true. you're right. Yes. Yes, so she is a stealthy cat. Ah, dang, you're right. I can't even. That's a loophole that I can't get out of. Um, but yeah, so we get up the stairs finally. Yeah. Fast forward with that. 
Uh, and we go into a, uh, the office and we find out there's one interesting thing that we found in Eddie's office, which is that he lied to Allison about her getting yes. in a fine arts academy. Yes. Uh, did you find this letter, Chris? Yes. Yeah. That it's. Yeah. I. I'm so anal with going through everything. So you, yeah. you were saying like, oh, these chapters feel, you know, longer than the Life is Strange episodes were mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that. And for me, they're, whatever anyone else is, you know, is doing to play them, add two hours for me when I'm going through yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, okay, I've got to make sure I do this in time because I still have to look at everything, you know, and yeah. I'm happy read every letter to read every story to find every collectible every easter egg and the lot yeah. so uh, in short yes i went through everything of eddie's found the collectible in the room mm-hmm. found that letter and the other one about tyler yes yeah. um i have that in my notes what did what did that letter say and wasn't it like how eddie got him into into fireweed, fireweed. he's on a first name basis with yeah. the people in fireweed yeah um and, and he- the entire sort of essentially the, the cost of his stay. Oh yeah, because it yes. was an invoice. It was an invoice. Uh, yeah. Which is crazy because this is another character development yeah. of Eddie Brown, you know, and yeah. how I don't know if he was trying to protect Allison or keep her into the clan. Uh, I don't. I think at least at this point, I think Eddie was just not ready to let go of her. Yeah, because he protected her, he raised her, and he wasn't ready to let her leave yeah yeah he doesn't even really want her to leave for juno mm-hmm. yeah and i and i definitely see that protector mentality of mm-hmm. the moose character yeah. right uh eddie mm-hmm. is the the moose yes. i believe yes and um you know the moose is described as a very protective solemn kind of person i get and definitely get that vibe from eddie and i thought that eddie would turn out to be a very um condescending violent person in the end i thought we would uncover things as this yeah. episode but starts he to is pretty fatherly towards them yeah and like he does have those character traits of where he wants to be the, a father mm-hmm. figure for them which i want to get to his reveal like him spilling everything in a mm-hmm. little bit because you know first we have to get through uh the archives oh, goodness gracious was that could that been a, any more complicated and you had a migraine doing and this. i had a migraine i was like i mm-hmm. am getting i was getting so dizzy walking around the room like going up and down i'm like oh my gosh can we be done <laughs> like oh my goodness it was it was horrible I, even then i feel like we could have done like two boxes and just dug through them we didn't need to go back and forth to the computer a thousand yeah times. that was unnecessary uh, yeah, I would rather just dig through the boxes freehandedly, but I yeah. know that Don't Not is all about the realism. Yes. They they know like you can't just like dig through boxes and magically find your file. Uh, but yeah, but we get could. into the I you could. <laughs> uh, we, we go into the archive room and we find yeah. out a lot, a whole lot. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like the first some of it was repetitive. I was gonna say the very. I would say the first three to five files were information that we already knew, but it was yeah, leading but to. We needed it to get more information. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, as the expert of rummaging around and finding letters and all that, what did you think about this scene? Uh, it it was a bit overdone. It was it mm-hmm. like every time you sort of think it's like okay, I found out enough now. You go to the door and it's just like the door is not an option. And so you're like, all right, back to the computer again. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you're never quite knowing when you're, you're finished. So 
I found it slightly annoying. Mm-hmm. I get what they were doing on a game level in that, you know, it was like halfway through what ends up being the, the whole, you know, scene. You sort of think it's near the end of it, but no, you're only halfway. Mm-hmm. It, basically, Allison gets discovered by Eddie and it's it's all looking very bad. So the tension's sort of ratcheting up and up and yeah. up and you're having to come back to the computer, get some more, find a box, go and, and back and forth. But yeah. it, it felt that little bit too much. You know, as a, yeah. as a game mechanic and for stress, it was sort of fun, but... Yeah, I was just like, I'm sweating bullets here and, and yeah. you know, unnecessarily. Yeah. yeah. I always forget with these games that they're not actually timed. Like, yeah. they're not going to cut the scene off till you get the information. And I always forget that when I'm playing Life is Strange stuff yeah. too. Like, I remember I would be in, like, um, Victoria's room. And I'm like, going real fast. I'm like, wait a if second. Victoria's coming this back. Game, this game is not having her come back. That's not the story. Yeah, life and I is... always forget. Like same thing with this. It's like mm-hmm. you're focused on like getting everything before Eddie comes. It's like wait, yeah. he's not gonna come back till I'm done. Well, I think you're conditioned to think that because Life is Strange Two was timed. The, yes, there were some there timed were events some that were timed. So then we're starting to think, you know, because we got fresh off of Life is Strange Two, like yeah. oh man, I, I gotta get going because you know mm-hmm. Life is Strange Two was timed. Uh, I do agree with Chris that I think it was overdone. And I think, yeah. you know, like you said, I think there was two boxes because like I said, the first five files were, were just repetitive. stuff. Like we already knew that information. Yeah, Why we, did I, we need to learn it again? Yeah. I re- it's like, oh no, he was sent off to child services. Like, yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're sent to fireweed. Y- yep. yep. <laughs> uh, like, oh, the mom was murdered. Yep. We know that. <laughs> yeah. So then we start to get into... The actual information, which I feel like we could have just started with. Yeah, I, I felt like the computer showed you things like once you knew it, you could put it in. It's like, all right, well, we knew all that information already. Yeah. I was hoping that the audio file with the police report. Yeah. I thought I was hoping there was a lot more to the information, but it really it was just like young mom's Tyler. Mom's in a lake. Mom's in a lake. She's she she dead. Didn't mention like, that she was stabbed. Just that yeah. she was in the lake. Yeah, she went to the lake and she didn't come oh. up. Oh, what's that? Although this was the beginning of the lie. So, yes. you know, this is the bit where Tyler is covering for Allison and is crafting the, the story that they're going to tell. So that, that was interesting to hear mm-hmm. because when you've seen their flashbacks and you've suddenly found out what really happened, you're then hearing the call and it's like, oh, okay, right. You know, Tyler was pretty on it and was protecting Allison from the outset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think he was uh, trying to protect her in that. Like he didn't mention the stab wound. Yeah. But then we do find out speaking of the stab wound, that the stab wound wasn't actually fatal, which I was right. Yes. I said she, that in the last episode. I said that was not a fatal wound. Yeah. I thought she lived, but even though she didn't, I was still right. I was half right. And what I noticed in the, um, what I noticed in the uh, autopsy report was that she did have alcohol in her blood. So there yeah. was alcohol in her system at the time. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be yeah. playing any kind of part into it, but there was yeah. enough alcohol where it was put into an op- autopsy report. Like, she didn't have a nightcap and then yeah, go she, away. She was relatively tipsy or drunk. Yeah. Which also yeah. could explain how she falls into a lake and couldn't find her way out in the shallow end. True. I know that when I'm a little bit tipsy and I take a dip into it like after i get stabbed by scissors especially uh i can't find my way back I to the can't. shore i can't 
But yeah, no, I, I think the information we found was one, uh, I think the biggest one was uh, that the stab wound was not fatal. She died by drowning and she had alcohol in the system. Uh, two, that Tessa was involved in the calling of child services. I think that yes. was a big drop. And I believe there's a third one that I did not write down. So go me. Um, but I'm, I'm just trying to think. But I know those are the I, main I, two. Well, I, I feel like it's just something related to the part about Tessa and child services. Maybe even that it was just that. I think it was Eddie had put through the call yes. or yeah. had, had yeah. actually filed it. He had gone to him. He'd been the one that actually went to child services. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we find out these main things and then now we have to, you know, face Tessa. But first uh, we, we find all those things in the archive room. Mm -hmm. Hooray, everybody. Uh, archive rooms, fun in games, not fun in real life, <laughs> but also not fun in games. But uh, then we get to find out, you know, we, we get to yeah. confront Eddie and mm -hmm. be like, hey, Eddie, uh, you heck? let, yeah, what heck? You let <laughs> Tessa uh, rat out our mom. Yeah. What heck? And so then Eddie, Eddie spills the truth. But I wanted to note here that when Eddie does, you know, spill the truth out, he's doing it in a very remorse fashion. Mm -hmm. And that that's what I mean. I thought this would all uncover Eddie being like, you kids were rotten. Your mm -hmm. your mother didn't raise you right. Blah blah blah. I thought it was going to be a lot more resentful. But you could tell he hated doing it. Yeah, he's just like saying he didn't like, regret it as much as he hated doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you get that vibe, Chris? Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's what coming back to what you said about whether you know Uncle Eddie is actually Uncle Eddie. But I think the the clinkered idea of if they're from the same clan. Then, then that's really all that matters. It is family. So, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's not by blood, it is by by virtue and, mm -hmm. and by culture. So he's as good as their uncle. So, yeah, yeah he was doing something to his own people. And, and certainly I, I think he felt a bond with them all. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, and speaking more on that, um, kind of jumping into the uh, the grocery store, uh, uh, aspects, you know, like I think we've said as much as we can. Well, about it. we didn't cover the part before we left the police station where you're offered to accept oh. him as your family again. Yeah. So, uh, he says that, you know, can we all be family? Can we all have a big group hug? But, yeah. uh, you as Tyler get to make the decision. Uh, Chris, what did you end up going with? Well, this also depends on whether you accepted the ring the uh, in yes. chapter one. I did not. Which was the gift on the boat. You what, didn't? No, I did yeah. not the first time. On the first episode, I did not. Oh. Did you? Did you throw it in the water? No, I was nice about it. I just said not right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 8% eight, eight of people got it and threw it in the water. And I was yeah, like, wow. Yeah, that sounds a bit harsh. Yeah. 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 But I, I always play them. I, I can't help still sort of playing as though if I was those characters. So I often end up Same. making the very nice choices and, and, you know, trying to keep things, you know, level mm -hmm. and, and where everyone's getting along. So I'd accepted the ring and I was like, yes, we can, we can try. Basically I think the, the option was along the lines of it's not that simple, but we can try. And then he nicely, Tyler nicely slips mm -hmm. on the ring and it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think you had the same decision, like not, or it's going to take time. Yeah. So when we were offered it the second time in chapter two, I said that, yeah, I I basically did that way where it's like, it's going to take time, but okay. And then Allison handed him the ring and he put it on, which I noticed Allison has an identical ring. Oh. I noticed that later on in the episode. She has the same ring. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So I do like this kind of reveal of uh, of Eddie and how we get to have this choice again. Now that we've gotten to know Eddie a little bit more and who his character is, we get to actually make this decision again mm-hmm. with the ring. You know, the one ring that binds us all, the one ring. What? No. Oh, no. I, I don't can't. know where you're going, but stop. I am not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm just okay. saying, you know. No. Okay. Um <laughs> But yeah, so we get to learn Eddie, and I and I like Eddie a lot more mm-hmm. coming out of this episode. He's definitely remorseful. He's I still definitely don't think they aged him enough. No, like he doesn't look old enough yeah. to be a caretaker to them. But that's just my little nitpick with the art. Yeah. Well, anyway, although maybe- we don't know, Clint jeans could be incredible. So actually, that could be bang. Maybe. I was about yeah. to say that. You know, he takes good care of himself. He drinks his green tea every day. You know, you don't you don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um but yeah, I feel like he's older as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now kind of fast forwarding to this, um, when you said that, you know, Clinkett's uh culture, and I feel like this episode was definitely more in line with the Clinkett culture than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um we get to meet Michael again, and Michael even says uh, later on in the episode where uh, we get to find out that Michael and Eddie, you know, know each other. And they said, oh, are you friends? He said, or are you related? And he says, no, we're from the same tribe, though. Mm-hmm. We're some clan, same clan. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, so it's basically we're family. Yeah. And that's how tight knit that mm-hmm. uh, all, all that is now. Going into the grocery store, I uh, just want to point out you know, one thing. Uh, the husband's name, not Tessa's husband. Um, Tom. Tom. Is it Tom? I yeah. think it's Tom. Um, yeah. Man, oh, man, does that man not have a spine? Uh, I just like how he's just like, oh, yeah. I, I, like, I just stay out of her business. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew that he, you know, she ruined another person's life. But, you know, I, I, it's not really my thing What's to this? do. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm not trying to say that. Like, no, I mean you. What are you oh, doing? Oh, you know, just, you know, just <laughs> dancing around the situation right now, you know? Um, I'm not even trying to say that every husband needs to keep their wife on a on a leash. I'm also not saying that this Tom character was just like, yeah, you know, that's like, can ruin lives. She does whatever she wants. I, I don't do like nothing. Skin. So, did we think anything different from Tom after this, or kind of the same? I thought the same. He's just a quiet, reserved guy. He doesn't like to put himself in other people's business. Yeah, and I'm sure in the background he tried to tell Tessa like. Is this what you want to do? Like, are you sure? Yeah. But it's not something that he felt the need to tell mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Because I don't know. Um, if you were about to do if you were Tessa and you were about to call child services and judge You'd her. You'd be like, Liz, mind your business. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, Liz, <laughs> be like Tom. Just mind your own business. Um, Chris, uh, did you have any uh, oh. differing thoughts? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I did, but one thing I wanted to quickly point out, because I don't think you guys got it, and I felt very clever for spotting this. Oh, go for it. In the first episode, when you go to the shop, okay, and you find the the sort of ledger book in the, the locker where yeah. Tessa has been keeping a record of the money that people owes her and things like this, 
there was this great Easter egg, which is the kind of thing that Don't Nod, you know, often do, where uh, there's, you know, a few different random people's names and they're probably, you know, their friends and things like that. But one of the characters who had a debt to um, Tessa was Eric B. And oh. if you remember sort of 90s music, Eric B. and Rakim, they they had you know a number of huge hits but they had one really big album Mm -hmm. which was perfectly referenced at the bottom of this ledger page which was paid in full Ah. and so it was eric paid in full which was the name of the album and i was like i saw it right away and i was like that is so clever that is so don't nod there you know people who reference and and drip pop culture throughout their games and now I've got to the point that their games are so, you know, cool that they're self-referential. Dang. So this time around, you know, when you go into the storeroom, there's this really cool obscure poster on the wall that references Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at it, Michael's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's that uh, thing where it was something to do with time travel and, like, life is weird or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And it was great. So, yeah, they're getting self-referential, but uh, I'd also picked up this Eric B. Yeah. Paid in full. It, it made my day. It really did. Dang. Yeah, because um, I don't I don't focus on, like, things like that. I, I'm more focused on the objective. I'm very tunnel vision, black yeah. and white. Like, I've got, I'm on You're a mission. You're on the game. You're just looking for information. Yeah, which is why we want to bring on other people with other yeah. perspectives, you know. And I'm, why we'll probably play again. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. And I, but I do keep looking for Life is Strange references in the terms of do Max and Chloe exist in this universe? And it was interesting that you found that poster. Yeah. Because in this universe, Life is Strange, Max and Chloe is a video game. Yeah. So does that mean that Max and Chloe don't actually exist in this universe, but are actually just characters? Probably just characters because it's not the same yeah. thing. Like Life is Strange is a game series and this is a game series. Yeah. Like so that it's, it exists it's hard to say. yeah i would have normally thought that it all exists in the same universe because i do feel like don't not are creating this mm-hmm. world that they can play with and certainly the convention of the twins having their sort of powers but more being the voice and their yeah. their memory powers it fits with that but thinking and i guess this is the the brand manager hat on as such mm-hmm. within the sort of life and contractual criteria would tell me why this is an exclusive for uh, Xbox Studios. Uh, so it's on the Xbox and, you know, Windows with Microsoft. So you've cut off a huge section of your usual audience. So you're yes. not going to have it on your PlayStation. Potentially, mm-hmm. you know, if they go for Switch, you're not going to have it there. So I feel like they wouldn't actually be building a part of their wider mm-hmm. universe that oh, everyone cannot yeah. access. That makes but that's a lot of sense. just more things from a contractual level of like, yeah, you, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, just a tiny rant. This is such an important game in gaming history. The very first playable transgender character in a major title release and based in, you know, cultural Alaska. And you're just now as an Xbox fanboy. Yeah. But <laughs> as a as a gamer. I'm just like, that's just such an odd decision, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, a strange decision, if you will. Oh, my gosh, you're 
They're so yeah. funny. And, and <laughs> I want to say it's going to come to PlayStation soon, but like you said, yeah. it's an Xbox Game Studios game. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know how to feel about the it's situation. It's unfortunate, but yeah. you never yes. know what the future will bring. Yeah. I don't I get know. it. It makes you want to go to Don't Not and just go, I don't understand. Tell me why. Uh, uh, that's the title of the game. Your strange joke in there, you know. My life is just, tell me why. Although when I was uh, talking with the musician who you know made the theme song to this series, um, the the round table, he's like, tell me, like, tell me why ain't no? I can't sing it because no, we're gonna get demonetized. Even though we're not monetized. Yeah, at I was all. gonna say that's gonna make a difference. Why? <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Uh, man, we're almost to an hour. So I, there's so many things I want to talk about. So I'll fast forward a little bit. Uh, very first, uh, little side note here before we exit the grocery store. Um, getting the groceries, but, uh, (laughs) Michael and Tyler, that's going to be a love interest. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, every, everybody's thoughts on that, that Michael and Tyler might be a love interest. Yes. No. Awesome. I already made them a love interest yes, in did. my episode. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris, are you as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I went all in. I, I'm a sucker though. I'm sort yeah. of like, whenever they present these romantic options, I'm like, Oh, I guess let's fall in love, you know? So whoever it is. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Life is strange. Life is strange too. Uh, yeah. I always go all in. No. Oh, yeah. Like, and that, and that's the thing is that it's such a sweet moment yeah. in between the two. Like they're having fights yeah. with the with the you know the, the plushies, the plushies, you know. And then they have that nice little conversation, mm-hmm. and you get to make the decision of how it goes. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, and let's, if you, let's do this. If you remember all all the way back to the very beginning of chapter one, um, when you look in Allison's room and you look at the picture of her and Michael, she mm-hmm. says. Tyler and Michael are going to hit it off. Yes. So I kind of felt like that was also yeah. kind of the, the canon mm-hmm. way of going, like of them being a couple. And uh, when, yes. we're, when we're having the plushie fights, uh, Michael says like, Allison Walla Hottie is not my type. And I'm like, yeah. oh, what is your type? And I then got the get- feeling <laughs> that um, he liked Tyler in the first chapter, because yes. he said, I don't remember what he said. I don't remember what the conversation was, but I remember just getting that feeling with our first interaction with him. And, yeah. I, and I don't know why, as I've said in many Games and Groceries episodes and What's the Biz, I am not a romantic at all. I don't you care about love interests. stay away from them in games. This one, I, I'm totally like yeah. all in on like, let's let's make this happen. I love Michael. <laughs> love Tyler. Let's let's do this. But um, hopefully Adam Niyenta. Chapter- Adam Niyenta. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not Yenta. It's um, um, matchmaker. No, well, it's the it's the Jewish matchmaker, uh, in Jewish culture, and I can't remember what it is. It's not a Yenta. Yenta is Greek. No, because in Goldberg's, yeah, no, she doesn't. They're say the Frentas. Frenta, yeah, but because it's Yenta. Well, this isn't about Goldberg's. Whatever. We're getting off topic, but <laughs> <laughs> we're wasting Chris's time here, man. And in Fiddler on the Roof, she's oh, called the matchmaker. So oh, I don't know what goodness. you're talking about. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, so we get to the, the, the graveyard. Yes. Uh, I, I don't, man, there's so many things we didn't talk about, but like I said, uh, play the game for yourself, write it in comments down below. What are your thoughts? So that's anything that we missed. Of course there's things we missed, but, uh, let's jump right to the graveyard and why I think Eddie 
might be the uncle, not not the father, but merely the uncle. Uh, there's a gravesite. We see a memory, right? Mm-hmm. We see a memory, and uh, one of the things you know, the ki- the twins are asking, the little goblins are asking the princess, you know, why do we always come here? Why are we always yeah. here? Like uh, we don't even know these people except Eddie's mother. Yeah, they're sitting by Eddie's mother' grave. Yes, and I believe it's Eddie's mother. And so, why? What I think yeah. is, it's like. Why are we there if we don't know anybody? Why specifically Eddie's mother? Yeah. You know why? It's because that's her aunt. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm sure Andrew Orsi is listening to this like, no, theories. You're so wrong. (laughs) But Andrew Orsi isn't here. Thank goodness. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Chris, Chris Thompson. Um, what do you think? Like, did you find anything in the graveyard that was anything specific about family traits? Uh, did you pick up anything? I think, again, it just emphasized the aspect of clan being family. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the comment that Michael makes that you referenced before about, you know, him and Eddie, their connection being that they're from the same clan. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff that's written in the graveyard that you can go and read that gives you more insights to clinket culture. Mm -hmm. And where you can see a bit of that. But I, I was thinking about it just as you were talking, and I'm like, I'm, I don't think Eddie is directly her uncle uh, or their, their uncle, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I don't think he's related. I think it does come back to being the same clan. Mm-hmm. But it's more, I think she went somewhere random and away, and, and the big frog, which maybe was the boat, took her there. Mm. But, you know, just out of necessity, if you're reading the Book of Goblins, she needed to find out how to build her house stronger, and she came across the the old beaver mm-hmm. who had built this beautiful dam, and that is Eddie's mum, Carol. Mm-hmm. I, I think oh, it's a Carol. Yeah. It's Carol. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, it is. Carol. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think she's found her, and oh. she's then helped Marianne with building her house, given her tips, and I think actually given her a more positive uh, reconnection to her culture. So for some yeah. reason, there's something that made her flee it, but Carol embodied the good aspects of it and, mm. and gave her a new connection in this fresh place. Yeah. That's, that's my theory. And I think it was that real true family connection that she felt to her, mm. which is what makes her loss so impactful to her and why she's yeah. such a key character. But I think meeting her was very random. Dang. Mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense, and yeah. that just tears my theory apart. Thank you, Chris yes, Thompson. You've been does. such a great guest. You can go now. Well, <laughs> maybe you should have read the stories. <laughs> um, no, like that—that's that makes a lot more yeah. sense. Uh, and like you said, I think it more ties into. I'm thinking more as somebody from Pennsylvania. You know, like oh, that's where some... everyone's related. Yeah. Um, <laughs> except for me, because all my family's in Hungary, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, in Alaskan culture, it's more of your clans. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a direct, you know, blood relation. It has everything to do with your clan, mm-hmm. the culture behind that. And I think I'm thinking too too much as a Pennsylvanian and not enough as an Alaskan. Yeah. And um, and I liked how you picked it up and actually went to the culture of that. Yeah. Um, where she could be, you know, the beaver Carol, right? Yeah. Um, now, we go through this graveyard. And we see a lot of things, but one thing in particular. Now, oh, yeah, there was one thing where 
uh, the 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 puzzle. Like, let's put air quotes here. Puzzle. Oh, which one was Tessa at? And you're just like the the one with fresh flowers on it. <laughs> it's just like it has to be a hard. Oh, like hard. Just, which one is it? The 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 one with the one. I was with like, flowers. I'm not even playing this game. We're going to the one with flowers. And and the game's like, you're right. How'd you know? Um, so because we're getting to that hour point, let's just yeah. fast forward. Now, before I fast forward to that, um, because there's so many things we find here. Yeah. There's so so many different names, and um, uh, there's a tree that I'll talk about in a little bit that we get to correct something on there. Yeah. Um. Was there anything in between, you know, entering the graveyard and finding Tessa uh, that we thought was significant? Not particularly. Yeah. I don't think so. I think what you're talking about where we get to, whether it's the tree or the totem there, Mm -hmm. there's another uh, big choice about whose memory you go with. Yes. Uh, And this is probably the one I've agonized over the most so far. I actually found this really tough and i think it's i i don't know if it was more important than than well or if i stressed it to be more important than it is but yeah i felt weight on this one which, i don't remember this one someone which, remind me yeah which choice was this let's let's talk about this before we talk about tessa <laughs> yeah so so this is when they're at the totem and uh they're remembering basically it's who promised who did tyler promise that they would return and and that it would be okay. So it was like, let me go, Allison. I promise I'll be back. Or there was the other choice where it was uh, Allison promising, I'll stay in touch. I'll write. I'll do all these things. Um, and uh, you you had to sort of choose between their memories. Hmm. I think that was the memory I couldn't find. Oh, that was the memory I couldn't find. We okay. didn't get that one because I couldn't find it. Yeah. And like right. I said, I had a migraine yeah. and so that hindered a lot of my gameplay. <laughs> I tried to get the controller. I was like, Liz, do you want me? And you're just like, No, I want to play. I, I want <laughs> well, I was doing it and then I think it like <laughs> I walked somewhere and it was like it like just stopped like it was like it went into a completely different scene. Yes. So like I didn't have a chance to go and get it. So mm. yeah. So we completely missed that one. Yeah. Um, um Well that that was a thing. there is things like that where i mm-hmm. i think you can miss memories and obviously you you guys have proven that you can yeah. but also you were saying that there wasn't too much hassle with you know countdowns and timing in this mm-hmm. i don't know if you've noticed and obviously you would have been playing but there are certain times where a dialogue option will come up but you have to push the red tr- uh, the left yes. trigger mm-hmm. and, and there's actually a time, time limit on that mm-hmm. and there's been a few times because quite faint and i'm looking at other detail on the screen yeah. i miss the dialogue option, so i don't even get to have that conversation yeah i think it's happened twice that i've seen and i'm like damn it like have <laughs> yes. i missed something that has a major impact or just another part of the story that yeah. is fun and interesting or a clue that would give me more so yeah. with this memory yeah essentially who promised what to who and so tyler felt that allison had promised that you know she would write and and visit and these Mm. sort of things and stay in contact uh and allison felt that tyler had promised to come back i think was the the idea Mm. and it was who memory it seems more reliable there who are you going to go with and when i said before there was two times that i've gone with allison at all and they were both in this uh chapter Mm. that was the time i felt that hers seemed more accurate in keeping with 
the character of young Tyler that we'd discovered and, and how they'd, you know, reacted to everything that had happened. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. That was the only for the graveyard. But yeah. I'm glad we touched it because... Yeah, yeah. Cause I had no That's, idea it happened. Yeah, there's definitely times where I miss things. Or like like you said, the uh, the left trigger thing was so faint because I even said to Liz, like, Liz, left trigger, left trigger, because yeah. she doesn't even see it. I'm like, there's a dialogue option. And so faint that you don't even notice it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now that we're past the hour, thanks for... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm just going to focus on the last two things yes. um, since we're past the hour. One... Our conversation with Tessa and to the final boat scene, like the boathouse scene. Yeah. Uh, so we had our conversation with Tessa and uh, she, I'm not sure if she revealed anything. I don't know if she like. She dro- just kind of like. Confessed. Confessed to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think if she, I remember watching the scene and trying to like pick up anything that like. Uh, that she kind of dropped or revealed, or she did say something about Sam, and then she kind of dropped the subject. Yeah, because which is Sam was a married man. You, yeah, which is the beginning of what making you think that Sam's that the Sam father. is a father, because then in the final scene you find the box with the letters. Yes. Um, yeah. Do we still think Sam's the father? Even when Tessa says, "Like, oh, you know, she ruined Laura's life," and I'm assuming Laura is Sam's wife. Yes. And so she said, oh, like she didn't even think about Laura or anything like that. Was this a reveal that Sam is the father? I kind of agree with Chris that that might be too easy, but I also still think it's a possibility. I think it's too easy, too. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Total red herring. Um, I'm like, that one's given to you on a plate. However, I think it does sort of suggest maybe what the actual story is. So it's like mm-hmm. that little bit of truth with a little bit of, uh, you know, false. So so that you you might swallow it and be like, oh, okay, so it's Sam. Yeah. Because I think, um, I, I don't know if you're ready to to jump to the next part with the barn, but there, there is a discovery that you have there that really builds on what yes. Tessa says here. Mm-hmm. But I feel that from that, I, I, it doesn't resonate with the character of Sam at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's actually jump to that because I feel like that's a much more important scene than Tessa because like I said, Tessa kind Tessa, of just... you forgave her, you don't. I forgave her. Yeah. It's... I, I don't know how I feel about Tessa's character. It's fine. Yeah. She's just there just to confess it, things. What's that? Oh, she is clinking. You're she right. Also... Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't... She is. That. I believe so. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Tessa Tessa is definitely a character that the only reason why she's in the game is so that you can confront her with facts. And she's like, okay, okay. She's another person to get information from. Yeah. Um, so I hope she has a lot more uh, role in Chapter 3. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Because I, I believe, let's just jump into yeah, the final let's scene. The final let's go to the barn and then the boathouse. Let's, and let's talk th- about how that person who jumped out of the barn scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't get scared in games, but that made me jump. I was like, what the heck? So the barn's on fire. We come we come <laughs> back. The barn's on fire. And, and Allison's like, maybe I should get a fire extinguisher. Yeah, and I'm maybe. like, I'm like, yeah, probably Allison. <laughs> Good thinking. Um, and so we get to like, the barn. Somebody jumps out and knocks Tyler out. Yeah. Somebody, we don't know who, because you know, they're in fishing gear. Right. 
Um, and then again, yeah. Allison comes out with a fire extinguisher and once again drops a fire extinguisher. And even, and even Ty- Tyler was like, the barn, barn is on fire. So, <laughs> so this is a setup, right? And we get the fire out. Now let's talk about what we find in the barn, right? Uh, there's a lot of different things that we can get. Uh, do we want to talk about the box immediately, or was there something else that was a little bit more significant? Let's do the box since that was the main point of the scene. Yeah, because we I, are. I guess yeah. The only small point for anyone that's following along, if there's anyone trying to get all the collectibles, which I assume mm-hmm. yep. has to unlock an achievement at the end, which I'm always like, I got to do these, then it's in the the side room this time. So yeah. the little yeah. room where you uh, got the screwdriver and there's the window from the and it's the, the lake hag, yeah. it's a lake yeah. hag figurine, and that's what got me thinking. It's like, is this person supposed to be the lake hag? I don't know. Or is this... No, it's the Mad Hunter because it's the same person from... No, I know. Tyler said. Yeah. It's like, it's well, that's what I was thinking Mad at first. Yeah. But the figurine was the yeah. lake hag. And I was like, why is the lake hag here? Uh, yeah. Because like, a, uh, like we talked about in chapter one, we find the figurines where they're located. This is true. And I'm like, why is the lake hag here? And I was thinking too much into it. Yeah. But... Let's talk about the box that we find, yeah. right? After we find the crowbar that's in the Which same room. Which is a room. lot of hiding for two letters. Yeah. Like, that's a bit overdone. Yeah. <laughs> and without even a signature at the end. Yeah. I'm like, so why, why, why all, like, that just seems like a lot of work. So what these, what did these letters signify? Like, what, what were the, what was on the letters? That a married man was having an affair with Marianne. Yes. Since there's no signature, we don't mm. technically know who. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, why Why do we think that there's no say? Did Marianne, like, rip it off, or did they I not sign it? wasn't torn. They probably didn't sign it. Like, she would know who it's from, mm-hmm. but he, you know, is wise enough to not sign it. True. Because if anyone got it, they'd yeah. know. Why do we think that Marianne... It, what's that? It's handwritten, so you mm-hmm. could identify oh, who yeah. wrote that's true. <laughs> why do we think I, it yeah. all was hidden, by the way? Like I said, I feel like that was way too much. Even to hide it, that was too much. So I can't even tell you why they yeah. would do that. And even with, like, it's not only hidden, but then there's a code within the Book of Goblins. Like, you find the symbol, and then you have to find the yeah. numbers like, on the page, not in the story, but on the page. That was just a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, for two letters. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I've enjoyed the puzzles. Like, going mm-hmm. back oh, to yeah. the archive over and over again, that was like... A never-ending escape room, but the actual puzzles have been a lot of fun. And again, yeah. the fact that the Book of Goblin is always the the, the revealer mm-hmm. is is good. I like that. Yeah, I like it. I just feel like for this, it's like they they're like, oh my gosh, we didn't put a puzzle in. Yeah, we need to do it. And they just threw it in. Like here, we're gonna make this box super complicated. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do like how the lexicon of this game mm-hmm. plays a lot into like the real time story. I yeah. do like that. Um. But yeah, we do find these letters. Now we're starting to really think that it's Sam because yeah. Tessa before, like you said, says Sam and Laura, they're their home records. Now that we have this married man who's saying mm-hmm. all this, uh, Sam is filled with regrets uh, in the beginning and of this episode. And they already imply that Sam was in love with Marianne. Yes. Like in the first episode. Yeah, And the other thing yeah. I'm thinking about is that this person uh, that came in, by the way, uh, I'll just say way too fit to be Sam. Like he's way too ath- well, yes. athletically built to be Sam. Slender. He's way too slender. Also, he can he run. He also looked 
too young to have aged 10 years. Yeah. Again, another, that was just another thing for me. So Sam wasn't the one who burned the barn down. Let's just, no, I think we can all agree not. there, right? Well, even if he, he yeah. we, well, the person who came out of the barn, that doesn't mean that they're the ones that burn it down. They could have been trying to put it out or followed whoever did burn it down. They did not. There's no proof that the person who came out is who burnt it down. Uh, as we said on this podcast all the time, Liz just swims in the gray area <laughs> and says like, well, no, no. They, I'm just saying. Just I, because I'm they had out. gasoline and a lighter doesn't mean they burnt it down. You know, they put, they probably just grabbed the smoke while getting gas for their but car. But also a donut and they like to trick you. I, yeah. So, true. shush. <laughs> uh. I think this is a good time to go into the the boathouse scene. Yes. To with the, that final memory. The final memory. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed how Allison is so far, like, is so unattached from these memories that it's a struggle for her. And you have to hold down the A button yeah. to actually get her to. Like, well, she doesn't want to. Like, she's yes. not willing to commit to it. And so she has to really try to do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do enjoy how the gameplay kind of fits mm-hmm. into what Allison is feeling here. Yeah. Um, so the boathouse memory. Uh, what do we all think of this? Uh, this, is a, this is a pretty bad memory. It's kind of a defining memory for Allison especially. Uh, Chris, what are, your, what are your notes on this last memory? So I guess this is the other thing uh, that sort of I think suggests that there, there aren't any supernatural elements as such, you know, beyond the, they have the voice and they can have these shared, you know, remembrances, but the mad hunter is a person, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they've come to represent this sort of exterior of, you know, supernatural aura and, and all of this, but it is a real person that has been mm-hmm. just, you know, taken on a mythical aspect just because of how terrible they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, I feel like this is the the kid's father, mm-hmm. and uh, I I had a theory that I came in very firmly with, and I just thought of a second one that completely flips it on its head, mm. uh, w- which I'll be happy to share both because I can now see either happening. Let's hear them. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, the thing I came in thinking is. Um, Tom, Tom Vecchi, the the mayor, or the the wanting to be the mayor. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's after re-election. Is their father? Oh, um, oh. So he is also a married man. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes, he's also a married man. Which I felt that, and, and and again, there's a few things. So earlier when you said, "What do you think of Tom?" I sort of swerved another way because I didn't want to <laughs> drop that too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the other thing, when you talk with Tessa in the graveyard, I feel that. The intimation that she makes is actually that uh, Marianne was with married men, uh, plural, oh. not singular. Mm, yeah, yes, that's true. I, that's what I. That, that was the uh, sort of insinuation I felt there. Hmm. So when I was reading the letters that that you see in the box, I was like, these don't line up with Sam. The the first one does, where it's sort of like, I feel so free with you. I feel like I'm you know, driving in the dark, you know, at 100 miles an hour, carefree and, mm-hmm. and what have you. And then the second one is basically saying, you need to get rid of these kids. What do you need me to do so that you can get rid of them and, and basically yeah. have an abortion before they were born? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I, I feel that actually when you think of how powerless Tom comes across, he is that guy that would feel like, oh, I'm driving at 100 miles an hour in the dark and I feel so free. Mm-hmm. So even though Sam, I'm saying it's him, I think Tessa is also one of those wives who secretly knows that her husband's having an affair but even doesn't want to acknowledge it mm-hmm. herself and to herself. That is why she's always looked after uh, the kids so much because yeah. they're her ch- children. Yeah. And so she yeah. feels an investment there, but she can never acknowledge that because if she acknowledges that openly, then she's acknowledging the affair. Yeah. So, yeah. So to me, I think it's, it's Tom and he is quite slender. He's That's more weedy true. than athletic, but he, he does actually fit the, the build as such. And certainly, even though they did run kind of fast, basically they had surprise, knocked Tyler over, and he was so out of it that I don't know how fast they needed to run away to actually escape. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think never trust a politician. And and so obviously, you know, Tom would be the guy. Mm -hmm. However, Hmm. just as a weird little curveball, I feel like we, we have to have met all the players there in the game so far. Mm-hmm. I, I think everyone that I think so. we've seen so far is, you know, has a, a point and a purpose. So we're not going to get a random new person in episode in the final three. Episode. That's like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But suddenly when you were talking then, the fact that this person is in fishing gear mm-hmm. and that they're quite athletic and, you know, quick, I wondered if the person running out of the bar, and this has just come to me as we were speaking, is Michael because Michael mm. references the fact that he loves fishing. He goes off yeah. fishing. Oh. I can show you which watering holes I go to. Yeah. Now, Michael was at the grave of his uncle William. Yes. What if his uncle William was the father and was the evil guy that was menacing Marianne oh. and uh, died and Michael has essentially picked up the grudge? That would make this doubly tragic because you've got the potential blooming love between, you know, Cousins. Michael and Tyler, oh. which maybe is totally fabricated and fake because he's just been getting close to them about continuing mm. this, you know, thing about the, the pride of his uncle William or something. Mm. Mm. That's, that's a, you know, work in progress. But I, I feel like yeah. that's sort of the curveball. But mm. I think Tom seems like an obvious candidate now. See, I do agree with your theory on Tom being a father. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Is that no, stop. I don't know what you're doing. Tom said that he doesn't meddle in other people's affairs, but he never said he doesn't meddle in his own affairs. You're so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You're way too proud of that one. Well, and well, he never said that. (laughs) When they see him in the shop, yeah. um, He's on a phone call and then he gets all weird and quite serious and a little bit firm at the end. And then he's like, I've got to go. You lock up. Mm -hmm. And it's a slight different top. You know, Mm -hmm. at the time you don't really register it, but with this information in hindsight, you go, hang on a minute, there's more to this guy. Mm -hmm. I do like your theory about Tom, though. Tom is definitely um, a good candidate, not as a mayor, but as a father. I can't. With you're you. you're welcome. Right, I'll pay that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I I definitely agree with that theory. I agree with it more than probably uh, Michael's uncle, 
Because I don't I, know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because how are they? That that's a good theory though. I do like it because yeah. what if Michael is just trying to get close to them, just to do that and or close. Or maybe enough. Michael. I I think if it is Michael's uncle, I don't know if I agree that it it's Michael like taking up after his uncle. Like I don't know that that kind of mm-hmm. doesn't seem right. But I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, it could be preserving his honor, and and maybe yeah. it's that. Maybe. Yeah. But I. I like the the fishing gear and and things yeah. felt more indicative of Michael than um, Tom. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what we've indicators we've had about Tom being a fisherman. They may have yeah. been there, but I missed them. But wait, someone was it Sam or was it Eddie who took the kids fishing? It was Eddie, didn't he? Eddie took them fishing. Eddie, Eddie. took them yes. fishing. Eddie took them fishing. So that's another point towards the Eddie column. Yes. Because Eddie is a fisher and he's athletic built. Exactly. Uh, he's got the skin of a dove. So what? What? Oh, what? <laughs> All right, time to close out the show. Um, yeah, I do like these theories. Now the the episode does end on. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it because I'm sure it's more going to be unfolded in uh, chapter three. Yeah. Where Allison hears uh, Marianne saying, "I will kill you." And then Mary runs off and just that those words keep repeating in her head. Uh, I I definitely think that's going to be, you know, the the thing we're going to talk about in Mm -hmm. chapter three. Uh, But before I close things, close things off, uh, by the way, if you're listening to this or watching us on YouTube, write your theories in the comments. What did we miss? Yes, there's so many things we missed, including the tree where we correct uh, the The O O to to a T. But, uh, yes. yeah, exactly. There's so many things in this episode. Yeah. We can't talk about everything. Yeah. And just under two hours. But uh, any last thoughts, any closing thoughts? Uh, let's go around the table like an uncomfortable Thanksgiving dinner. We'll start with our guest because I see the, the look in your eyes and just sheer stress. Chris, uh, closing thoughts. Yes, I, I had one other thing I was going to mention and it literally went out of my head at that moment and I was the one panicking going, God, I, I hope you start with, it's Liz, right? Yeah. Oh, Liz. I can go first. Oh, go for it. I so... like, oh, I hope that you do that and, and <laughs> you didn't. Um, I can go yeah, first I, if you oh, want. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So oh, he's got got going it. into episode two, I was really worried that it was going to be like the Matrix uh, trilogy of films where mm-hmm. first one's great, and then the second one opens up the world so much, and then mm-hmm. suddenly the third one has to just wrap it all up, and you're like, oh, they, they sort of messed that up a bit, and mm-hmm. they, they created all this potential and kept it small. My feeling is that Chapter 3 will resolve the story of the mm-hmm. mother, you know, and, and whether she's crazy or not, and who the father is. But I do feel this has opened a world where you can have more with the twins and certainly exploring their voice and, you know, shared remembrances and that going into another game and perhaps working on other mysteries. So I think actually the game's a lot smaller than it seemed at first, which works within three chapters. This is mm-hmm. really to find out what happened and who their father is, but mm-hmm. it leaves room for more. That's mm-hmm. sort of where I'm seeing it going, now, which I, I really like. So it's it's a, a game with scope, but they haven't been too ambitious this time around. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh Liz, 
<laughs> so I'm kind of like pulling things from everywhere. But so I, we kind of mentioned this in um, the last conversation with Andrew that most likely Marianne was pointing to someone behind mm-hmm. Tyler and mm. thinking back to the Mad Hunter being there when Tyler fell as a child. He mm. fell and he saw the Mad Hunter in the woods. Yes. And now we know from this episode from Memories that the Mad Hunter or the person who they think is a Mad Hunter was standing in a boat when uh, he was leaving. Yes. Yeah. So my theory is that maybe since the Mad Hunter was there that night, they probably got back in their boat and was out on the lake and she's shouting at them mm. that she's going to kill them because clearly this is a threatening person to her. I'm assuming it's why Sam felt the need to give her a gun because she said she was being threatened by someone. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's what the case was that there was someone out on the lake mm-hmm. that Allison was too short to see around her mother. Mm-hmm. Tyler clearly didn't see it because he was too busy seeing the gun pointed at his face. Yes. So I think that's my biggest theory now because I remember we were talking about that with Andrew and just kind of pulling everything together. I'm assuming this whoever is the manhunter she found extremely threatening Mm -hmm. and that's who she was yelling at and in potentially drunken state of mind took it to that next level of threatening killing them with a gun. Mm -hmm. And that is it. So in terms of my last theory thoughts, uh, I definitely think that the next episode is going to go more into that Clinket mentality, Mm -hmm. uh, more Alaskan culture, um, I'm not sure if I enjoy that more. I thought this game would be a lot more about transgender communities. I still think mm-hmm. it does have oh, that. Yeah. It definitely does. Um, it definitely does touch but on I kinda that. I kind of like that that's not the main point yeah. of the story. It's yes. part of his story, but that's not his whole life. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And I, and I think it will connect to the transgender community. It's about leaving something, you know, and, and trying to differentiate yourself but there's always somebody out there trying to pull you back mm-hmm. right or trying to make you an identity that you don't want to be anymore right yeah. and i think that will be like the closing thoughts and how uh, the culture of america or even alaska can also be the culture of all people who are mm-hmm. trying to find a new identity right or your same identity yeah. right and i think it's going to close out in the best way possible now I do like what you said, how this this is kind of a tight episode. It's a very tight episode mm-hmm. because we're leading into the yeah. open final chapter. Yeah. And I and I definitely think we're going to find out who the father is. I mm-hmm. think we're going to find out the real significance of Sam. Uh, and I think Tessa is going to be another person that yeah. we have to confront. We also haven't figured out who the sea hag or lake yes. hag or whatever her name is we haven't figured out who that is yet either so yeah we need to learn that um i think a lot of things about Good the sea hag. <laughs> <laughs> um but no i i definitely think it's going to be a cry fest for sure i i hope that we get a lot more of michael i think i hope that my i really hope that the theory that michael isn't is trying to get with tyler just for revenge I hope these are real yeah. feelings because this is the yeah, first it's... romance story that I'm all about. <laughs> and don't don't let me down. Don't oh, not. I, I don't want that to be true at all. Yeah. I, I really don't. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and I think, here's my last theory. I think, I think okay. that Tom is going to use my pun where he said, oh, hey, listen. My no, no. I don't like to all uh, right. other people's all affairs. Right. Close the show. All done.
But I do think that the next episode <laughs> is going to uh, contain all these uh, uh, stories together. Mm-hmm. And I think the transgender community will be a big point, a talking point yeah. into the into the last chapter and how it relates to the Klinkit culture. Mm-hmm. So those are my thoughts and theories. Uh, we just reached the hour and a half mark. So uh, Chris, no, no, that's that's awesome. Oh, I, yeah. Here's the thing. I knew... I knew going yeah, into this. It's a lot to unpack, and there's so many theories. And there's so many theories stuff. and stuff, and it's just a very much a informational episode. But there's not. We didn't cover everything, so mm-hmm. write your thoughts in the comments down below. Uh, definitely give us a rating on Podchaser. Definitely, definitely follow uh, Mr. Chris Thompson over here, mm-hmm. who we thanks so much for coming on the show. Woo! Brand manager legend. <laughs> uh but dude thank you again man um you're you're talking to us from across the pond uh very late at night for you but uh we appreciate you for taking the time to mm-hmm. do this uh so are there any projects that are coming out of the way any other podcasts that we should look out for red carpet for you sir uh yeah i mean not so much it's just sort of work continues with hero mm-hmm. collect we have so many things coming out we're going to be part of the Metaverse event, which is kind of New York Comic Con and MCM London virtually brought together because of the strange world we currently live in. Mm. So a lot of my energy is focused on things that are coming there that sadly I can't talk about yet. Um, but uh, I'm about to have a well-deserved week off in which actually I will be doing nothing like podcasts or work. I, nice. I will be so unplugged. You know, uh, I, I think in about an hour's time, I'm going to shut the laptop and not open it again for the next 10 days, which is, is going to be glorious. Nice. You know, uh, so yeah, I, I think keep an eye on what we're doing with Hero Collector. You can follow us on Twitter at Hero Collector underscore. And I'm just at Pop Culture Hound. Eventually, I hope to bring my podcast back, including the extensive archive with it. But yeah, as, as you guys know, that is just so much work. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I will. I will punish myself with it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. Um, links to uh, his Twitter account as well as Hero Collector will be linked in the description down below, whether you're listening on audio or video, does not matter. Uh, you can always follow us at Gaming Groceries on Twitter, Games and Groceries, all one word, over on Instagram and Facebook if you want to <laughs> go there. Uh, but yeah, so Chris... <laughs> Again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such an honor just to speak with you about this. And uh, we hope to hear back from you soon, man. Thank you again. Mm-hmm. That was good fun. No, uh, I'd be happy to come anytime. Sick. Excellent. All right. That was our uh, chapter two talk for uh, Tell Me Why. Uh, be sure to come with us for the next chapter, the final chapter with our guest, uh, Mike Hetty. Uh, who is the uh, w- one of the co-creators for the Life is Strange fan club. So yeah. uh, with that said, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you in the next one. Remember to re- wear your mask and we'll see you next time. Bye.